back to another episode of the Bad Signal Podcast. What's up, good people? It's Court. It's your host. You know me by now. How you doing this week? NFL training camps start on the 26th. The Las Vegas Raiders, they are there today on the 20th. If you're listening to this, yes, it is Wednesday. And we have a phenomenal show. Our first three-time reoccurring guest. And he is so great. He is the insider. He knows everything about Tom Brady, about Todd Bowles, and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talk about how everything went down with Tom Brady and the unretirement, what his thoughts are on, on the new Bucks coaching system. Did you know that Bruce Arians' favorite drink is Crown Royal and he has it at 3.30 every day? If you didn't know, now you know now. Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. He gives us some great, great insight. Also, just keep your ears peeled because we know this is a sports betting podcast to some extent. Thank you to our partners at Better Edge. BetterEdge.com slash Courtney. You get $20 free to bet. But when you listen to this podcast, you're going to keep your ears peeled for a couple of fantasy football sleepers that are on the Tampa Bay Bucks. one being Russell Gage. He has a couple of other guys, uh, you know, if Leonard Fournette comes in 250 plus pounds, like he talked about on this podcast, and he does not maintain the running back number one position with the Bucks, he's got a couple of pass catching running backs that he has in mind. And um, he also was talking about Tom Brady and how he's not going to lead the league in pass attempts at 715 this year. The Bucks are going to win over 11 games. Those are all great gambling tips. So if you want to take those bets and you want to take it right to the bank, go to betteredge.com slash Courtney and get in the game with us. Come on, guys. We want you to build your bank ahead of football season. All right. Well, if you also love this podcast, I also jumped on with my buddy Wes Goldberg at Locked on Heat if you're an NBA fan. So um, so we're doing a double dose today. Double dose of CRF. All right. Here is Rick Stroud to preview the NFC South. Today is the day we have our first three-time reoccurring guest. I hope you guys aren't sick of him, but he is the best, and he has his ear to the ground, nose to the ground, whatever the saying is, um, down there in the Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It's Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. Rick, welcome to the show. Uh, and um, training camp starts today, technically, for the Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of the teams don't start until the 26th, but um, are you excited for football season? Are you ready? Uh, well, ready or not, right? There, there wasn't much of an offseason. Uh, this one was weird. It seemed like somebody retired or unretired every week. Uh, that's what you do in Florida, I suppose. Um, so it's been a unique offseason with, with Brady and you know, coming back after 40 days and then Todd Bowles taking over for Bruce Arians. And we're still waiting really to see if Rob Gronkowski is ever going to play again. I don't think anybody believes him that he's retired. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a, uh, an interesting off season. And when you get the goat back, you know, you're a Super Bowl contender. So, uh, you know, he, he made that announcement, uh, Courtney, right before free agency got, got most of, or all of his guys. Uh, so they're going to make another run at it. Is that the biggest shock? of this offseason was that Brady retired and unretired 40 days. Were you shocked? I know I was in communication with you and you didn't really believe it. 
Well, I, it was weird the way it came down. You know, I mean, there was uh, reports for several days uh, before he actually announced it. And it just seems like, you know, whenever you turn on ESPN and it's Adam Schefter going, according to my sources, you know, Tom Brady's, which, then you're like, okay, this is real. This is really going to happen. And, and yet a couple days went by. It, it looked like, you know, maybe he wasn't ready to make the announcement when he did. You, you, you know, you kind of believed him a little bit. You had to take him at his word. But, you know, in talking to the Bucks, they were in constant communication with him. And, you know, listen, I, I don't think, you know, some of the reports we read about Miami, I think, are real. I think there's some there there. Um, certainly was a lot of smoke, whether that was ownership. Uh, I think he had an inclination to maybe play for Sean Payton with the Dolphins. Uh, those two guys share the same agent and Donald Yee. Um, for whatever reason, uh, it might have had to do something with the lawsuit down there. But for whatever reason, that didn't pan out. So his best option uh, was to come right back here to Tampa. But to do that, he needed his players back. So he made made that announcement right before the start of free agency. And look, they're they're loaded back up again. I mean, there's no reason to expect with Tom Brady, you're not going to win, you know, 12 or 13 games and be right back in the in, in the postseason. And, and I think, you know, he's certainly closer to the end. Um, this is his last year on a contract with the Bucks. So if he plays again, he'll have the option of being a free agent like he like he did in New England when he came here. Um, but it's uh, it's bonus time for Tampa Bay fans because, you know, they they were looking at, uh, you know, Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert and about five or six wins. So it certainly changes the mood. Byron Leftwich is still young, 43 years. He's still like younger than Brady. I mean, yeah. he can still sling it around. Um Man, uh, the 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 scenario and how it went down, seemingly crumbling between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, and not yeah. long after Tom announced his unretirement, Bruce Arians stepped aside. Was that too close of a coincidence? Was this planned behind the scenes? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it, it's more than a coincidence, but maybe not the situation where you know Tom Brady ordered the code red. Right? He didn't say hey, it's me or him, I'll come back only if Bruce Arians isn't coaching. I mean, the, the bottom line is these guys have a really good relationship. I've seen them talk together, work together. He won a Super Bowl with Bruce Arians. You know, he came in here in one year and got that done. And, and I think that he enjoyed playing for him. But I also think he's more comfortable with Todd Bowles. And, and the reason is that, you know, Bruce Arians uh, was a CEO coach in Tampa. I mean, he rode the golf cart. You know, he he will tell you that, you know, he wasn't involved in the game planning with Byron Leftwich and Tom. Um, he decided whether they're going to go for it on fourth down. And, you know, uh, he, he set the tone for the team in the meetings and things like that. But Tom is used to a more hands-on approach. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at Todd Bowles for as long as he's been with Bruce Arians and he played for him at Temple – He's really more of a Parcells guy, right? That's that Belichick tree. Because when he went to Dallas, he learned to 3-4 under Parcells. Parcells brought him to the Dolphins under Tony Sperano. Uh, and then, of course, he became a head coach with the Jets. And uh, I think that him and Brady kind of see the game a lot similarly. I mean, the one thing, and, and I got in an argument uh, with somebody about this, but, you know, Tom loves to throw the football. But I don't think at 45 he wants to lead the league in pass attempts was 719. You know, that's just way, way too many dropbacks. And so I would expect them to help their defense against some of the higher powered teams like the Rams, um, you know, some of those explosive offense like the Chiefs, uh, and maybe run the ball a little bit more and just, you know, 
try to take some of those some of those hits away from Brady, who is not interested in standing in there and getting hit. So it'll be interesting to see what the changes will be. Um, but the coaching staff is the same, and, and continuity wins in the NFL, and they've, they've got most of that back. Well, so with Todd Bowles at the helm of the head coaching staff, now he you know has complete reign. Um, how is he doing things differently in this upcoming season or so that you've seen so far? Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, there's a uh, a more competitive spirit uh, in practice. Um, you know, Bruce Arians used to have practices on two fields. He'd take the younger guys on one field so they could get more reps. Um, you see a lot more sort of good on good where the number one offense is competing against the number one defense in practice, mm -hmm. which you didn't see a ton, um, you know, under Bruce Arians. So I just think that, you know, kind of the – the, the whole tone uh, of, of practices have been a little bit different, but really at the end of the day, there, there's not a whole lot of difference because there's still, you know, he's still going to call the defense. And so that'll be his primary job. But like I said, he'll be able to interact with Tom um, and Byron and, and the fact that he's, you know, just going to be hands-on, I think is the biggest thing. And, and we'll have to see, you know, when we get into the game plans, whether that looks different in terms of how much they run the football, et cetera. What about Byron Leftwich? Does he feel slighted that he didn't get the head coaching position, or is this more of a situation where I know a lot of people after after the Bucs won the Super Bowl and they said, "Man, Todd Bowles deserves a second chance." He, yeah. he, everyone goes down in flames in that, um, you know, that toilet <laughs> up there in East Rutherford, New Jersey, with the Jets. Um, it was it more of a situation of experience over, you know, kind of the young the young Buck mind? Is that was that kind of like how it went down? Does he feel yeah, slighted? I, I agree with that. And I, I think that the fact that you have Tom Brady as your quarterback is a big part of it too. Who knows Byron Leftwich better right now than Tom Brady? He was yeah. worked with him every day for two years, going on three years now. And, and Byron Leftwich is going to be a head coach one day, I believe. Uh, and I think he'll be a good one. Um, he really, you know, the Bucks thought he had the Jacksonville job. I mean, it, it was pretty much offered to him, but you know, Byron, I've talked to him before, and, you know, he, he comes from a different perspective because he's been an NFL quarterback. He's made a ton of money. He doesn't have an agenda where, you know, I got to be a head coach by the time I'm 45. And so he knows what wins in the NFL. And he did not like the situation in Jacksonville with Trent Baalke as the GM. Um, he wanted to bring in a guy, his own guy from Arizona to do that. And, you know, the Jaguars wouldn't wouldn't go along with it. So that, that deal kind of fell apart at the last minute, I think. Um, and it was good for the Bucks because again, you have continuity and, and, and the coaching staff and that helps Tom because he's used to working with Byron. Um, but for this situation right now, uh, you know, I think Todd Bowles is having been a head coach and, you know, he knows the mistakes he made predominantly didn't win with the Jets because they didn't have a quarterback that they could really, um, you know, win with. But I, I just think they felt, you know, it was Todd's time and probably should have had another head coaching job by now. But, you know, Courtney, these, a lot of these African-American head coaches only get one shot. Yeah. You know, they, they really have a tough time getting a second chance, many of them. And uh, I think that's another thing that you got to credit Bruce for, because, you know, he said, had Tom not come back, he wasn't going to leave, you know, Todd Bowles, a team that was going to win five or six games, you know, because the quarterback situation would have been so much worse. But when Tom did come back, he felt like, okay, he's in the perfect position to win, um, you know, build his resume and, and go from there. So 
I think that had a lot to do with it. But but Byron will be a coach. He's just he doesn't have enough of the of the stripes yet that that Todd Bowles had. Did Tom have to come back and kind of really reassure GM Jason Light that he was here to stay? I, I know I, Jason is a very vocal, very enthusiastic personality. <clears throat> you and I both have a good relationship with him. But um, what was going through his head this whole time? I know that when those those reports came out, the first thing that you told me was Light doesn't believe it. Yeah, I, I think that him and Jason do have a very good relationship. He was with the Patriots when they drafted Tom um, as a scout. He didn't have a ton of interaction with him at that time, but he's known him for a while. And they built that even stronger since he's been in Tampa. In fact, uh, it's it's kind of weird. It's unusual. But like Jason Light, the last two years has has watched the games from the field uh, in coaching garb. You don't see that in the NFL. I guess it shows the security that Bruce Arians has because normally there's a little bit of a separation there uh, between the front office and the coaching staff. But he's really down there because uh, he wants to be around Brady. I mean, he's everything Tom Brady. And just look at the moves they've made. Um, he gets annoyed when you tell him that Brady is really the de facto GM. Uh, but there's very few times that that uh, Jason Light has said no to him, whether it's Antonio Brown uh, or trading for Rob Gronkowski or Leonard Fournette. You can go right down the line. Tom gets pretty much what he wants. And so when he did retire, uh, I think the guy that probably talked to Tom the most as far as the front office goes was Jason. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that gets me back to the whole Bulls thing. Like I said, <laughs> I really do believe that, um, you know, that Bruce was OK with handing the reins over. But I think we'd be naive to not think that those conversations with Jason Light sort of led to this decision and and really they all win i mean you know bruce arians gets to stay in the organization as an assistant to the gm um he'll make his money the next two years he'll have his crown crown royal uh, by 3 30 every day and yeah. and then you know if they win a ring he'll get he'll get to wear it and so you know and then his guy gets to be a head coach so it's really a win-win for everybody but it, it, if there's a guy happier than jason light i don't know who it is because He's got the goat for one more year. Crown Royal at three thirty. <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, that's, that's so. I know that, like you, you said, he likes to send the uh, the emoji, you know, with a uh, with a little yeah, emoji. a little glass. Yeah. yeah, the little glass. That's that's Bruce Arians' thing. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was a Crown Royal. I mean, I would have expected he'd have a, um, you know, a plethora of uh, various <laughs> different rise and bourbons, and you know, you could just walk. Well, in there's, some, there's yeah, there's the, the occasional vodka is in there too, from what I understand. Okay. So okay, all right, <laughs> let's talk about more of the offseason moves. They did re-sign Chris Godwin after tearing his ACL. So you got Godwin, you got you got Evans, um, but there's a guy that's kind of on my radar. Is Russell Gage? Is he kind of the biggest offseason move for this off for this wide receiver core? Yeah, Courtney, absolutely. Uh, I, I think you know when you look at Chris Godwin in the year that he's had really the last couple of years, he's been a phenomenal player, but you know, he tore his ACL late in the season. It was December 20th. Yeah. Um, you know, that's typically a seven to eight, nine month injury. And and so I know I saw a report the other day that they're, they're quote hopeful that he's going to be ready for Dallas in the week one. I think it's more about, it's more like wishful. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really see how that's going to happen that soon, but regardless you know, Russell Gage is somebody they're very familiar with having played him in the division the last few years. And, you know, he's a, he's a great route runner. He's versatile. They can play him inside. They can play him outside. Uh, and, you know, he caught without Julio Jones last year. I mean, he caught 50 balls the last eight games of the season. So 
He's a highly productive player that I think will probably be the wide receiver too behind Mike Evans. And then they got a ton of guys, right? It's a, it's a really competitive room. Um, some good players are going to be left off this roster, whether, you know, it's Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson and, you know, some of these wide receivers that have been around, um, you know, uh, you know, Brashad Perriman, there's a lot of guys on this roster that, that produced last year. And so it's a, it's a good room, but it, you know, the sooner they can get Godwin back, if he is Chris Godwin again, and sometimes it takes those guys a year to really get their confidence back. Um, they've, they've got a pretty outstanding, you know, wide receiver class. Oh no, Rick, don't tell me that Scotty Miller's going to get cut from the team. You can't break my <laughs> heart this early in the morning. I uh, know it's, yeah, that's shocking, but uh, he's, he's going to have to earn his way. Oh, uh, well, in order for Brady to run it back, Get his eighth ring. I always said this, and I think I've told you this number of times. I said when Brady left New England, I said he would get eight rings and retire at age 47. So we're kind of we're getting there. We yeah. knocked one down. Yeah. We got another one to go, depending on whether they can run it back this year. Yeah. Pat Riley's favorite word, run it back. He says, I run it back with my wife every night. <laughs> During the press conference. Um, but a, a big factor in all of this is whether or not Tom Brady has a number one running back and who is RB1 for the Bucks this year. Yeah. Well, it's Leonard Fournette. It better be Leonard Fournette, even though, and it's got a lot of traction the other day. I said something on a podcast. We didn't write about this. It was six weeks ago. He showed up at the mandatory minicamp. And he was, he was overweight, Courtney. He did not look good. He had missed OTAs. You know, they signed him to a three-year deal. This is not how you want your, your veteran running back who's just signed a big contract to show up. And then all the rookies are looking at him and saying, what's with this guy? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he said he was 240-something. Um, I asked coach if it was close, a coach, if it was close to 250-something, and he said more. Um, no. So, you know, he had really gotten himself out of shape. Now, I know he's been working hard and, and you know, he, he sent me an IM the other day uh, about it and um, didn't have a problem with anything. But I, I, I think he's he knows that the people are going to be watching what the scale says when he shows up. But Leonard Fournette had an un unbelievable year last year. He wore down, though. You know, he missed the last three games of the regular season and he missed the playoff game against Philly, which surprised them. They thought he was going to come back and play in that game. Um, uh, so, you know, playoff Lenny Lombardi, Lenny is going to get the, the, the first bite of the apple and, and Tom trusts him, uh, you know, for three downs, he trusts him in, as a receiver too, uh, but they've got some competition there. And I think the guy to watch this year, and I don't know how soon he'll get it, you know, cause rookies, especially running backs have to learn to, you know, the, the pass protection aspect of it. Um, but Richard white from Arizona state. Uh, is a kid that's, uh, you know, like six foot, six, one, 215, 18 pounds, but he's a very fluid guy, but he's a tremendous pass catcher. And unlike Fournette, who caught a lot of balls, but it was screen, it was a screen game. It was, the, you know, in the flat, that sort of stuff. Rashad White can split out, you know, much like they used to do uh, in New England with James and different guys, those running yeah. backs up there and actually, you know, run an option route and, and, and beat a linebacker or a safety. And that's going to help Thomas. So one thing he really hasn't had in Tampa Bay, like I said, he threw a lot of balls to Leonard Fournette, but he hasn't had that guy that can you know be multiple like that. So I think, uh, I think he's one to watch. Uh, you know, he played for Herm Edwards. I talked to Herm and, and he's excited about it. He got my guy. Tell Tom, you got my guy, you know? And uh, so I, I think between him and Keyshawn Vaughn and, uh, 
you know, Giovanni Bernard's trying to come back af- yeah. after a knee injury. So they got a good group, um, but there's no doubt that, that Leonard will be counted on to do the heavy lifting, and he should be. They, they just paid him the money. He had some tweet the other day that I saw got some got some waves. Some people were like, no, Lenny, no. He kind of made one of those like really ambiguous tweets that was like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's to uh to the front office of the Bucks, or maybe this trying to like create some airwaves, or I don't know if they just do it for attention these days, but yeah. Listen. He said, check me out on September eleventh, which of course is their opener against Dallas. Uh, well, they're gonna be checking him out on the twenty-seventh of July. And that's when he better be in shape, not the 11th. Listen, we just got to hook him up with a juice cleanse. You got to do like a Spartan <laughs> detox for a couple of days. TB12, man. TB12. Yeah. Go just, yeah, just go hit up Alex. Go get some, go get some IV liquid treatment. Don't eat for a couple of days. Shed the fat. All, that's you know, it. we, we, we live in Florida. Come on. Like, easy. Yeah. You know? I love that I'm over here in Miami. You're over there in Tampa, and we're both wearing long sleeves. So that's how we do it. Because <laughs> well, these are actually short. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm well, sure. Yeah. Right, my gunshot. Your gun show. My my right. AC was on a little too high, and I'm I'm in sweatpants and a long sleeve. So gotcha. now I'm now I'm um, I'm loosening it up a little bit. Uh, the Bucks are going to regret not signing a safety. Well, I mean, I you know they did get uh, counter Neal. And uh, they got Logan Ryan. And I think those two guys, probably probably Logan more than than even Keanu, I I think Logan Ryan is one of those guys that can really help you in a lot of different positions. He can play a slot corner if you want to do that. And, you know, and Todd Bowles is so creative, um, especially with his safeties in the back end there. I mean, they still have, you know, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. They still have Mike Edwards who's coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, they lost Jordan Whitehead, who was a really good player for them, went to the Jets as a free agent. Yeah. Um, but adding some experience, they were decimated last year, you know, uh, at defensive back. I mean, that's how Richard Sherman showed up. And you remember what they were playing with when they went to New England. That was just a joke, right? Um, the number of guys that were dropping. So, you know, when you when you re-sign Carlton Davis to a big contract, um, you know, he's an outstanding player. If he could catch the ball, he would be a perennial all pro. I mean, you know, he'd have 10 interceptions a year. Um, so they like their group back there. Um, and I think adding some veterans to it uh, was probably a smart move. And, you know, Logan Ryan obviously knows Tom and, and uh, he's excited to be here. So uh, he's trying to win a ring again. And, uh, you know, I think he'll do anything for that. Well, what's the uh, what's the ceiling here? What would you say that the Bucs are going to win games? Just depending on the uh, – the schedule is everything. Because I'm looking oh. at the Patriots schedule, and I'm like 6-10, and 10, maybe. Really? Wow. Uh, just, they, they have a really tough division schedule this year. Um, yeah. You know, not division, but their, uh, the division that they're facing as well. So, I mean, yeah. what, what, what can you – when you go down the line, what are you, what are you <laughs> saying yes, no, win, loss? Well, I mean, if you just look at Tom Brady's history, you know, he's going to win 10 to 12 games every single year. And I think, you know, the one thing in their favor is this is not an incredibly strong division. You have New Orleans, who's going to be competitive. They've sort of owned the Bucs, uh, frankly, defensively. Dennis Allen has done that um, against Tom Brady these last few years. Tom won the game that counted in the playoffs and went on to win a Super Bowl. Um, but But the Saints are still the team that they have to get uh, over to, to win the division. Um, so, you know, their, their problem is the start of the season. I mean, you know, you, you go to Dallas, um, you've got <clears throat> games against the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Uh, so, so, like, right off the bat, you're playing some of the elite teams as well as 
the Los Angeles Rams come to Tampa. So you look at that sort of gauntlet. If you can get through those first four, or so three and one, two and two, you'll take your chances with the rest of the schedule. But um, you know, I, I think the division is something they should and can win. Um, and we'll talk about Carolina and Atlanta. I mean, they both have new quarterbacks, young coaches that are still trying to rebuild. Um, I, I think the Bucks are better than those teams. So a lot will depend on, on you know, you got to stay healthy. You got to have some luck. But overall, uh, you know, when you have Tom Brady, uh, you expect to be back in the playoffs with a pretty good seed and, and, and try to get back to the Super Bowl. That's really the all that he plays for right now. Rick, you are a, a the ultimate professional because you made the perfect transition into us previewing the NFC South. Yes, yep. we have gone through and done various different divisions. If you want to go back, we had Brian Baldinger doing AFC East. We yep. just had Sarah Spain doing the NFC North, and now we're doing the NFC South uh, with someone who has covered this division for a very long time. So mm -hmm. let's talk about those Saints. And there is a quarterback that you are very familiar with, and his <laughs> name is Jameis Winston, and he has come back. And I'm um, seemingly surprised as he's the, is he the biggest question, biggest question mark on that Saints team right now? Well, I think so. Right. Because, uh, and, and it's kind of, it's not just him, but it's also him without Sean Payton. I mean, for so many years, Sean Payton had Drew Brees and Sean Payton, we know is one of the best play callers in the league. I mean, there's no question about that. And so even with Jameis playing, I think Sean did a good job of playing around his quarterback when he needed to, mm -hmm. um, limiting the amount of times that Jameis could screw it up, quite frankly. Um, but Jameis was playing well. He, you know, he, uh, unfortunately for him, he tore his ACL against the Bucs, um, and that knocked him out for the season. Now, you know, Jameis is that guy. Remember, remember the uh, what was the movie with Tom Cruise where he was the agent? Um, uh, uh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. So, so in that movie. So we're going way back. We're going way back. But Jerry, Jerry Maguire, there's this line in Jerry Maguire uh, where his girlfriend says he's almost the man he, I, he wants to be, right? And that's kind of who Jameis is. He's almost the quarterback everybody wants him to be. But he's not that guy yet. And until he wins games, uh, he was on the path last year and he got hurt. That's unfortunate. Um, but when you hear him talk, you see the workouts and the crazy things he does online. And it's like, yeah, is any of this going to help you win? Like, yeah. you know, just make sure, you know, when you throw the hitch that the ball comes out early so you don't have it go back the other way. And um, I know he he wants to win and, and that team will follow him. But the Saints, have he has good players around him. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Right. Michael Thomas, if he comes back, he's a beast. Chris Olave from Ohio State is a fantastic player. Um, they Jarvis get Jar Landry. Jarvis Landry. I mean, that that's a handful for any secondary, right? And then you got Alvin Kamara, depending on what his uh, situation is off the field. I'm not really sure, but he's still one of the elite running backs, all-purpose, you know, running backs in the NFL. And then that defense is real. I mean, Dennis Allen does such a great job. You got elite players with Cam Jordan and those guys over there. Um, and then you, you, you add the honey badger to the mix. Right. Um, so they're going to be, they're going to have the swag and that, that dome is going to be rocking and it's going to be one of the hardest places to play. The question is with all those expectations with a really good football team, can Jameis now take that over? Can he make that his deal? Can he win games? And, and, you know, Jameis, um, when he, it's not his fault, but when he came here, he had a savior complex. A lot of guys do. You're the number one pick on a crappy team. 
you feel like you have to do it all. Um, and sometimes he did have to do it all, but it's hard to get guys to follow you if you haven't won. And he didn't win enough in Tampa. Uh, and, you know, he sat behind Drew Brees for a year. He, he got his chance last year and then got hurt. So this is it. Let's see what he can do. He's got talent, um, but I, I don't know that, that, you know, he processes things quite quick enough to, to avoid the, the cataclysmic turnover. And that's, that's the whole thing with him. It's been, it's been well documented. He turns the ball over far too much and costs his team a chance to win. So if he can do that, if he can rein that in, and play the position that uh, that he needs to play, then they're going to be really good and beyond really good. And uh, that's the biggest question. No, you know, Jameis Winston is the deal in New Orleans, whether they whether they ride or not. Is the Superdome kind of Tom Brady's kryptonite? There have been a couple. Different yeah, is it? I think I think that's kind of what you're saying that the Superdome is his kryptonite. Yeah. And the Saints in general, and Dennis Allen in particular, um, you know they they're able to uh, do something that teams can't do, which is they're able to get pressure rushing four guys. Mm -hmm. And if you can rush four guys and, and drop, you know, seven into coverage uh, and, and win, you know, you can win the one-on-ones um, they get right up in Brady's face. And, and Tom, believe me, uh, no quarterback likes to get hit. He certainly doesn't like to get hit at age 45 no. and you can see him um, sort of hot potato the football when he plays, when he plays the saints. And it's, it's, it's something that's, um, you know, a credit to, to what Dennis Allen and the scheme that they run. Um, they've just dominated up front. I mean, they won a game last year in Tampa that Sean Payton couldn't coach. He was out, right? He had COVID, so he couldn't make the trip. And Dennis Allen was the interim that day. Uh, and they won that game nine to nothing. They kicked three field goals and shut out the Bucks. And I was like, wow, like at home, nine to nothing without Sean Payton. I mean, that's just getting it done. So, uh, them and the Rams, they really have two teams that the Bucks have not gotten over the hump with. And, you know, the Rams have beaten them three straight times. And that game last year, I watched it on TV the other day, was just absolutely nuts in the playoffs. Um, but they've got to find a way to beat the Rams and they got to find a way to beat the Saints. Yeah. Well, from the best to one of the worst in the division, unfortunately, the Atlanta Falcons, where Russell Gage did come over, grace, grace us with his presence. Um, they, the Falcons' defense last year was near last in the league in sacks, yeah. yards allowed per game. Can they be competitive this year is just the biggest question. You got Marcus Mariota at quarterback. Matt Ryan was on the move. Can they be competitive? It, it's going to be tough, right? Um, they went seven and ten last year, but when you lose a piece like Matt Ryan, that's been such a, a a central part of that organization for so long and won so many games, it's difficult. Now, you know Marcus Mariota. You know it's interesting. You know, according when you look at this division, you've got Jameis Winston, who was the first pick in 2015. Uh, Marcus Mariota, who was the number two pick in 2015. Baker Mayfield, who we'll talk about, who was the number one in 18. Uh, you have all these pedigree quarterbacks, and then Tom Brady was 199, right? Um, but I, I just think that, you know, Smith had some success in Tennessee, uh, uh, and, and he's trying to 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 find that that formula in Atlanta, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, they've got some weapons. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a really good player. I don't like their receivers all that much. Again, they lose Russell Gage. Um, their defense has some players. Grady Jarrett is, is a pretty good player. Deion Jones, obviously. But I think that they don't have enough of them. And, you know, to me, they're looking at 
a kind of a transition. Uh, you know, is Desmond Ritter going to be their eventual quarterback? Is is Mariota just a bridge to him? Or will Mariota get, be given the second life, you know, come out and do something with it? I, I, I simply don't know what to expect, but it's going to be different without Matt Ryan. And I don't mean different good. I mean maybe different bad. Well, you also have the who was the wide receiver that was going to hit the free agent market, but he got suspended for a year for betting on games. I see it. My nails are too long, so I can't type. <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Calvin Ridley. He's a beast. Calvin yeah. Ridley. All right. Let's talk about him. Okay. Calvin Ridley. Um, Calvin Ridley, apparently, he bet on more NFL games than he originally revealed. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, disappointing. Yeah. I mean, at the least. The he's Patriots their, wanted him. He's their guy. I mean, like Calvin Ridley is, uh, he lit the Bucks up one day and they couldn't guard, they could not cover him. And, um, you know, when, when they had him and they had Russell Gage, it was, it was a handful. So, you know, you can't replace, you know, sort of those kind of explosive players uh, that every team needs at wide receiver. And so they need to get him back. I don't, you know, again, we don't know how long he'll be out. One uh, year. One whole year. So that, that takes a big bite out of them, and gambling obviously is something the NFL doesn't doesn't uh, play with. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you spend all that draft capital on a, on a player that's productive like that, and you lose him for a season not because of injury. It's just really difficult. Yeah, um, it's a lot of stupidity with these young kids, and hopefully they just understand that they have to understand with all of the NFL's um, you know emergence and supporting of legal sports betting and you know and how big that that's become and all the billions of dollars that they're spending to get people to sign up in different states and all that stuff. But um, yeah. it, it, it interferes with the integrity of the game. If your actual players are betting or yeah. even giving tips, like I, you know, I'm a, I'm an employee of the NBA, so we don't talk sports betting in the NBA on this podcast, period. Right. Right. Everyone else can go do it. I'm not interested. I that's where I make my bank is football season. And speaking of making bank, well, Baker Mayfield got saved. I mean, I think that they're talking about um, Deshaun Watson. The Browns are preparing for him to be suspended for eight games. Mm. That is the word on the street, I believe, according to Mike Florio, whether he is correct or not. But most likely, with his track record, he is correct. So uh, the Browns. Shipped Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick. We knew that he wasn't going to show up back of the Browns. That just that whole scenario. He walks into a even more crowded quarterback room, and they say in this game that you have two or three quarterbacks in one room. Yeah, you don't have many quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> you've got Matt yeah. Corral, who they drafted. Um, you know, in in the first round of this up uh, this previous draft, you have Sam Darnold, former first overall pick, um, uh, with the Jets. And you have Baker Mayfield. So uh, who is the Panthers quarterback at this point? You know, I, I might be in the minority here. I, I don't know that this is a decision. Of course, it's going to be Baker Mayfield. I mean, why do you make the deal? And it's not like they gave up a ton of draft capital. And it's not like that, you know, the Browns didn't take most of that salary because they did. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, the tryouts are over. Now, he's got to learn a whole new system. And, and you would think that Sam Darnold <clears throat> would have an edge over him. Um you know, but but at the end of the day, um, I'll, I'll say this about Baker. I know he rubbed some people in that organization the wrong way, uh, but they knew what they were drafting. You know, uh, I had a friend of mine uh, that was an offensive coordinator with the Bucks, and now is at Georgia, uh, Todd Munkin. Mm -hmm. And Todd Munkin, when he left here, had one year in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. And he loved the kid. 
now, now Todd is not one to heap praise on, on guys just because, um, but you know, Baker's always been the underdog, right? He's always been kind of the runt. He's always been the guy that had to prove it. And he did that in college. And really, you know, two years ago, uh, you know, he won a, he won a playoff game. And, and I think, I think guys will follow him. Um, he's got to be healthy. He wasn't healthy last year for a big part of the season. Um, but he's he's trying to redeem his career. This is important to him. Unfortunately for him, he's not going to a good football team. You know, he's leaving a much better team than the one he's going to. And, you know, when you look at their wide receivers, whether it's DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, Robbie Anderson yeah, you know, those are okay guys, but they're not they're not superstars. Now, you know, by the same token, um, sometimes you can get in a, in a bad way, you know, if, if a team brings in a superstar receiver and you feel the need to force the ball to them, you know, and I think that happened in Cleveland too. Um, but I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. And look, uh, if you can turn and hand it to Christian McCaffrey and, and he hasn't been healthy for two years, but before that he never missed the game. Um, if you can throw it to him, uh, their defense isn't very good. Uh, especially on the defensive line, they got to get better there, but they got some pieces in the secondary with JC Horn and um, Jeremy Chin and guys like that. So I I think that Carolina with Matt rule, who is not doing very well. I mean, Matt rule is under the fire. He's got to win. He's he's 10 and 23. And, you know, all I know is that, you know, coaches like that come out swinging and uh, he's got to prove something this year. So we'll see. I, I, I just I'm a little more bullish on Baker Mayfield than most people. I'm not sure he's going to do it in Carolina just because it's not a great football team. But I think he wins that job. Otherwise, I don't know why you're making the deal for him. If you think Sam Darnold's your guy, then go with him. You know, if you think Matt Coral is going to be your eventual, you know, uh, franchise quarterback, then, you know, make him the backup. So um, it's really intriguing what they got going on there with Baker. I'm interested to see how he plays. Yeah, Rick, I agree with you. I'm really I wouldn't say I'm completely bullish on Baker Mayfield, but I support him. Listen, he's got a great attitude and he's kind of like got that bleep the world uh, mentality. And there's a lot of that goes along with good confidence. And he is a great, he's a great football player, regardless of, you know, the situations that he's been put in. But I mean, I think this is a big, big wake up call for him to transcend all of the critics. And he has to put out with, he has to put out with the product on the field, but you better believe that when he was sitting there in, in Cleveland, there were five or six different franchises that he could have gone down and won, won, won the starting job right off the bat. Sure. I think one of them is right here in South Florida. And I'm talking South Florida, not, not West Florida or yeah. North Florida, Duval County. I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. If he had to come down here, he, I think he would be out to a tongue of Iloa. I think he would beat out Drew Locke in Seattle. I think he Absolutely. would beat out a lot of different teams. And this was kind of one of those options and um, I'm glad that he is there, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's the Carolina Panthers in their receiving core. It's great that you have Christian McCaffrey, but it's just almost like, I don't know, is he going to get hurt again? Uh, DJ, no, but not DJ Moore. DJ Moore and, and uh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Okay, so Robbie Anderson was courtside at a heat game. He paid $13,000 a seat for one of these playoff games. Wow. And he showed up within the last five minutes of the game. And he was standing. I know this because my friend sits next to him. And he's texting me. He goes, who is this clown that is here? He is crazy. Like, he showed up with the last 
five minutes of the playoff game. Wow. And he's walking around. And he's like, he's just standing up the whole time. The security is like, can you sit down? <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like good football player. Sure. Got a couple screws loose. Sure. He's also he's also the guy that tweeted no when they started talking about Baker Mayfield in Carolina. Yeah. So they're gonna have to pass that up a little bit. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of also what I was alluding to was that you know he 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 might have made a mistake. Maybe he was like no, he was playing 2K or Halo, and he he yeah. lost he lost his connection. Someone pulled the internet club plug outside of his house. Oh, uh, Rick, what are you? What game are you most looking forward to this season? On the buck on the Bucks roster? Yeah, no, Bucks I game? mean, yeah, the on the or on their schedule. Any any trip that you got circled? Well, listen, I, I, I think that uh you know there there are so many great quarterback matchups when you start with Tom Brady and then you go Tom Brady against Dak Prescott, Tom Brady against uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady against Matt Stafford. Um you know, these these are marquee, marquee games, many of them on Monday night, uh, Sunday night, Thursday night. And and that's what the NFL is about. Right. It's about these great quarterback matchups, iconic quarterbacks. You know, how many more years will Aaron Rodgers have to win another Super Bowl? Um, you know, Mahomes looked like he they were going to hand the baton to him and, and the Bucks beat him in the Super Bowl. And he and he had that tragic loss in the AFC championship game a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and you can just kind of see uh, those matchups, which, you know, we said this last year. I wrote about it when they played the Philadelphia Eagles. Who knows if this is the last time we, we see Tom Brady? And it turned out we thought the last time was the next week. And now he's back. So you can't take for granted uh, that he's going to play forever, even though it looks like he seemingly could. And I think um, the same is true with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, there's so many great young quarterbacks in this game right now. Um, that it's an exciting time, but that old guard, they still know how to get it done. They still know how to navigate their way through the postseason and put themselves in a position to win a Super Bowl. And and so to me, that's what's going to be fascinating is some of the great matchups that the Bucks have with Tom Brady against all these other quarterbacks. Listen, if anyone in Tampa Bay, any of the fans that are listening to this, because they're a great baller of Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. If they if they need any Tom Brady therapy, <laughs> you just know that I am here to listen. I might just open up the uh, – we have a voicemail line for bad signals, so maybe they can call, they can gripe about, uh, you know, possibly this being the last time that their football team is at the uh, the top and the upper echelon of the NFL. Um, he may be right there in Miami a year from now, Courtney. Don't don't count that out. Okay, we got to talk about this before I let you go because so the scenario was basically that Tom Brady was talking about Miami and becoming the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. However, I have learned, kind of just surmising from different scenarios and people and speaking to people, that a lot of what he kind of regrets about the 20 years that he spent in New England was that this franchise up here, you know, over there in Foxborough is now worth about $5 billion. And how did that franchise increase in value so much was because they sold the name on the Jersey it was Tom Brady. They That's won right. championships. So yeah. obviously in the CBA, you're not allowed NFL players, not allowed to have any sort of ownership stake, a lot of people were considering that, hey, maybe we'll just give him a couple. No, no, no. Illegal, illegal. So for Tom Brady to come over to the Miami Dolphins and work with Stephen Ross, who is a known Michigan alum, who is also a billionaire, 
related companies. He builds everything. Just it's it's a it's a business deal. He did just buy like a forty-five million dollar house down here. They haven't announced it, but yeah. my friend sold him the house. Okay, I know he so has a it. house in Miami for a lot of money. So yeah, that's um, it. That's know, it right I, there, Courtney. I I think that as much as anything, you know, and he loves Tampa. He's had a great time here. He he's found his voice, his personality. Uh, lives on the water, you know, moved out of Jeter's mansion, but he has a, another home uh, right down the street on Davis Islands. And Florida suits him, right? It's a good place. But his forever house, and they've got a ton of them throughout the world, but his forever house looks like it's going to be in Miami, mm-hmm. which is a short skip to, you know, wherever Giselle wants to fly um, to Central or South America. So uh, to be able to have your kids in the same school, I mean, they're homeschooled up here. Uh, they didn't think they were going to be here very long. They didn't go to Berkeley Prep or some of these other schools. And they bought a house across the street where they actually homeschool their kids. So I, I think he'd like to probably, you know, set down some roots. And if he was going to play another couple of years, maybe play where he's going to eventually live. And, and, of course, now we know he's got $37.5 million a year at, at Fox waiting for him. Uh, so he, he's going to be, uh, you know, he, he's going to have an outlet for – you know, for getting away from the kids and the wife and uh, and doing some football, you know, when he's yeah. done. But I I still think that there was some something to that. And whether that was Sean Payton, of course, they've hired a new coach. They're still trying to figure out if if Tua Tagovailoa is going to Tagovailoa is going to be their guy. Um, but all I know is this: is that you know he could have agreed to sign a couple years here. Uh, and didn't he? He wants to be a free agent. He wants to keep his options open. So we'll see. You know, if the confetti falls on his head, will he be smart enough to walk away with eight rings, um, or or will he say, "I can win nine. I just did this. I bet you I could get number nine. No. Um, and the great ones always stay at the party too long. Whether it's Michael Jordan, we watched Tiger Woods limp his way around, uh, you know, the British Open the other day. It's 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 true. It's sad. Tom can still absolutely play Um, in two years from now, three years from now. I don't know. Um, But right now he can still play. But those guys never know when to walk away. They just don't. It's like a drug to them. And there's nothing that's ever going to match what they do in front of 70, 80,000 people every Sunday. So I think he'll play as long as as he thinks he can play. and, And I think he'll look around next year. And I'd be surprised if Miami wasn't in the mix. Sean Payton, apparently is open to returning to the head coach uh, yeah, to, to any head coaching post. However, um, you know, I think that that job in Miami has already taken Mike McDaniel has a lot of promise and he's already pulled a yeah. ton of people from the San Francisco 49ers organization to yeah. kind of implement himself. So um, mm-hmm. Rick, thank you so much for your time. Thank this you. Preview. Listen, I'm taking mental notes here. I'm like, I've got a lot of fantasy football guys that I'm like, that are on the forefront of my mind. There you go. Yep. Well, I, did I see, first of all, I'm honored. I'm the first third, third time guest. That's that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put that on my mantle. And then the other thing, I congratulations to you. I saw where your podcast was rated. That's not easy to do. That, that That's a, an amazing achievement. So I'm happy for you. Thank you so much. I... Listen, I mean, there are so many, so many more hurdles that we want to climb, especially just with video and interviews and intricate interviews and, you know, all the content. It's, it's a one man band over here. Truly, I know, I you know, know. I mean, I do this by myself. It's, you know, it's, 
it's brick and mortar with my hands. So I, 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 I appreciate you. And um, I will stop by in Tampa on my yeah. way to Naples when I go and visit my friend. Sounds great. Look forward yeah. to seeing you, Courtney. Thanks right. a lot. Thank you so much.